So, uh, yeah, that was a that was some evil laughter. Welcome back to the evil podcast of evil, the only show on the Internet that dares to make a very easy job of talking about a show that we really love and having guests on to talk to. The show is Dr. Horrible. The people is me, Tyler Boudreau. And me, Condra Boudreau. And our very special guest from uh, Princess Bride Minute and the UHF 62nd, Mr. Jonathan Carlyle. Oh, that's me. Are we singing this whole time? Is that how this works? I mean, if you want to. So yeah, so well, like once we get into the analysis is when everything is sung. So like we do the little opening bit is just spoken and then singing. So yeah, eventually get ready. Eventually, I hope you did your vocal warm ups. Excellent. (laughs) So minutes twenty (laughs) six fifty five through twenty nine twenty one. Yeah, I went I went all the way through the intro without like stopping and saying, "Ooh, this is going poorly," just to see if I could force my way through it and it I, I still don't think it went very well. I never had a good one of those. You know, we're only 8 episodes in. It could turn around. This is episode 9. <laughs> <laughs> Here we are, folks. So, um Jonathan, uh th- thanks for coming on thank first you, of all. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Uh any any thoughts on uh, Doctor Horrible in general? What what inspired you to say yes. uh, become a guest on this show? I am older than you. I'm gonna guess. Probably. Maybe we don't have to Ooh, say our names. Probably but I, correct. I'm not, I'm not gonna say. But uh, so we, my wife and I, who would love to have been on this episode, but she just couldn't make it. But we had we had kids starting in 2000, and the internet was what it was back in that time and uh we had just dial up internet and so by the time this thing came came around and happened we just had to hear about it through friends because this had already been released it had already happened and we didn't know what was going on uh i don't know that i even knew who joss whedon was at the time so this was this actually was my first full-on joss whedon experience and yeah so once we we heard about it we had to do the whole uh, you know, go to the website and through dial-up, just wait for the videos to load and uh, start playing it. And then it would pause and be like, okay, okay, no, just leave it. Just just wait. We'll come back to it in like half an hour when it's all loaded. And, and uh, yeah, so it was painstaking, but we were ready for it. And then, you know, the I think our friends introduced us to it after the first one had been released, but, but before the last one, maybe. So we were kind of anticipating. And, uh, yeah, no, it's uh, it's pretty great. I even bought the DVD when it became available on the website. So nice. I have that in my hands as we speak. Oh, cool. Yeah. So I know yeah. I no longer have to wait for it to load on dial-up internet. And nice. that yeah. isn't a thing anymore, so I still don't have to wait either way, but I have it. And to put cool. some context in it, you having children around 2000, that that's about us. So. Well, yeah, I was born in 1998. <laughs> I'm well, a couple years older than him. So then, did your parents know about Doctor Horrible? No. Yeah. See. See. We uh, we no, knew yeah, about we it. Eventually, saw it's it all on your Netflix it's all stuff. your fault. That's the only reason your parents didn't know about Doctor Horrible. Yep. <laughs> We're blamed yep, exactly. for everything. <laughs> so when you originally said that you heard about it from your friends, I was picturing like I know the timelines don't add up, but I was picturing the television show Friends mentioning <laughs> Doctor Horrible. <laughs> 
and I was like, ooh, imagine being like so like secondhand that like you heard about it through another TV show. That would be yeah, that'd be very interesting. I mean, Joss Whedon has done lots of TV shows that it's very possible. Indeed. I mean, that would be kind of lame, though, if if it, there was like an episode of Angel and it was like, hey, did you see this show? Have you seen the uh, Nathan Fillion, Neil Patrick Harris, where they just make a bunch of references at each other? Like the This Place is a Castle. That I have one. not seen that. Wait, what? No, there's like a like it, a, it's a 30 second thing where they're just like tossing references back at each other, like of different things they've been in. I heard your last doctor was horrible. This place is a castle. Um, there's a Firefly reference in there too. I don't remember what it. Wild times. It's got to be a Doogie Howser reference. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, I mean he's at a doctor's office, so. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's like um, Nathan Fillion's cameo in a uh, Percy Jackson Sea of Monsters. <laughs> anyway, let's talk about this this segment of the show. It's essentially the entirety of the song. So plus they the say. Plus the newscasting. Plus the little newscasters introing it at the beginning. Right. Uh, there's a lot to. Do you want to do all the people first just to get it out of the way, Tyler? I, I can, yeah. yeah. Why don't we do that? <laughs> so we got we got the newscasters, uh, which are David Fury and Marty Noxon. David Fury is a writer and producer. He's worked on shows like uh, Buffy and 24 and some Emmy winners, Emmy wins throughout there. And Marty Noxon uh, herself it was also a producer on Buffy. So this is kind of their chance to get in front of the camera from, from their friend, Joss. Uh, we get the moving guys. Uh, one of them is Michael Barrett's just, uh, not, not in very many things. I think he's in a, like one, like one or two other small roles and Rob Rhinus, who is not Rob Reiner. And he's also the bad horse chorus number three. So we've actually seen him before. Mm. One of them is moving guy. And one of them is other moving guy in the credits. It's quite fun. They couldn't even say moving guy front or back or anything? <laughs> no. <laughs> or which one says what line? <laughs> which one is ADR'd? Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, we'll okay. get to that. <laughs> uh, the groupies, who are my personal favorites, are Marissa Tantorin. Of course, she's one of the writers of Dr. Horrible, and she's also a writer of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. She's the front left one. Yeah, she's groupie number one. Groupie number two is the um, other girl. She's um, Stacy Shirk. Uh, additional cast in Much New, Much Ado About Nothing and Not Much Else Ever. Uh, she, w- she was also about 18 years old when they shot oh. this, uh, according to I- her IMDb birthday, which could theoretically be wrong. Uh, so the groupies get numbers, but the moving guys don't? Yeah. Gr- it's specifically groupie number one, groupie number two, groupie number three, which comes up in commentary the musical. Uh, Steve Berg is groupie, groupie number three. He's the tall man standing in the back. Uh, he's had a pretty consistent uh, TV work career. His IMDb features like six episodes on The Good Place, a minor role in the film Tag that came out last year, just occasional like drunk history appearances, that sort of nice. thing. And what else? Oh, the uh, okay, eventually the the Pink Pummeler shows up, and that's a uh, Michael G. Kanan who is a has a couple credits on IMDb, mostly just small TV stuff. Pummeler sounds better because I always thought it was just the Pink Puncher. <laughs> that it could be that. <laughs> so um. <laughs> Yeah, let, now that now we've kind of gotten all the official stuff out of the way, let's uh, loosen our ties and uh, jump right in here. Let's talk about it. So. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, <laughs> nice. The newscasters, eh? Oh, my gosh. Their intro. I think it's setting up the joke that is made later in a way that, like, 
you can actually palette it later. <laughs> but it's still such a hard, like, it's a good day to be homeless. No. No, it's not. <laughs> I guess the point is that they're these vapid TV newscasters. Yeah, they have no clue about anything. I think this episode, beginning this way, kind of sets up the world. I don't know that we've really... We know that we've seen the world in, in through the eyes of Dr. Horrible and kind of uh, moist and what they're doing and where they live and how they live, I guess. But this kind of brings in other people. Like, you got newscasters, you've got moving guys, you've got the groupies. And so the newscasters are kind of part of the establishment and showing us that, yeah, like, they're, they're kind of vapid that... Dr. Horrible's part of that that structure too. Or not Dr. Horrible, uh, Captain Hammer. Captain. And the mayor and all those, you know, it's like just the status quo, you know? And uh, Status is not quo. Is Sorry. not quo. <laughs> well, yeah, I like, I like the idea that episode three kind of drops the pretense of the blog where it's like, okay, we're just going to, after the opening credit type thing, we're just going to jump right into whatever is going on. Yeah, because Dr. Horrible's busy. We don't get to hear from yeah. him. Yeah. <laughs> he oh, I like that there's a shot of him like opening up the like the vault into his evil lair. He has a That's double cool. evil lair. Like there's the the front evil lair and then there's the back. I thought it was a little Where the real science happens. It was very I don't know if you're Jonathan, you're a nightmare before Christmas person, but it the Doctor Horrible stuff very much reminded me of like Jack's montage. But hmm, I don't remember that. Now, I saw that movie in the theater when it was originally released, so that was that's probably 1993. Uh, yeah. Yeah, cuz I'm old. But well, uh I, I'm just obsessed with that movie, so that's <laughs> It's more me being I guess, excited. I guess I don't think about like when we don't see Moist, I don't I haven't really thought about this before, but do you think Moist has uh, has access to all of this like the the back end of the lair? Oh, I don't think so. No. Dr. Horrible's lab is for Dr. Horrible only. Maybe maybe he could let Moist in. The way Edna does in like The Incredibles. She lets people into her, her secret work zone. Yeah, sure, yeah. Just all references today. I'm nothing. I have no substance. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. We're, we're living in a postmodern life. It's fine. But one of the things that I noticed was the giant chair from the last song uh, was in his secret evil lab. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I, like I said, I think he could probably let Moist in, but I don't think it's necessarily like open rain in, for anyone in that lab. Well, Moist definitely doesn't get to sit in that chair because that's oh no way no gross. That's Daddy's chair. Yeah, and you don't. I mean, a guy <laughs> a guy named Moist sitting in a chair like that that's not that's not good news. Oh no, not at all. In general, Condra, to respond to your kind of Nightmare Before Christmas analogy, I'd like the fact that the Dr. Horrible shots throughout throughout this song are just kind of generic science stuff. Yes. Like he like pours some stuff into a, a beaker and it just kind of explodes. Generic math. Um, yeah. Uh, he, yeah, he's, he's doing the math and then it's just like an equation and then it just says equals death ray and it's just like a, a drawing of a guy exploding. It's all very relatable. Relatable science. <laughs> oh, Yes. When you think of science, you think of this. And so we kind of break into the song with the moving guys who are the first people to sing. Uh, one of them says, so they say Captain Hammer's become a crusader, political. He's cleaning up the streets, um, which is a weird sentence. And of course, the other moving guy says about time. Truth. <laughs> and yeah, Jonathan, this is where we get that ADR thing. Did you have a comment on that? 
<laughs> uh, and that's uh, Zach Whedon's voice. I don't know why. I mean, <laughs> it, maybe, maybe maybe the guy just didn't have the same the right sound, or they didn't record it very well, or something. I don't know. Maybe he couldn't sing. Well, it's not even really a sung line. He just says about time. It, it, which is actually kind of just like very delightful, and like the joke is that like this guy only gets w- like two words in the whole musical, and they're not even his voice. Yeah, <laughs> I I do want to kind of reference the the whole thing with the title of the song is "So They Say," and the song is really about kind of the that idea of like everyone's kind of acting about on this idea of like. So they say, like, there's a way that things are supposed to be according to other people. Um, it's a ver- <laughs> uh, to make a very uh, specific reference, it's kind of like um, Plutarch does this a lot when he oh. writes about <laughs> Roman people. Is he say, like, he'll, he'll say something like, They say that Cleopatra knew eight languages, like, he'll like everything he says will kind of be undercut with this idea that it's they say that. Not that 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 is actually true. They say that my tail will need to be dry cleaned twice a week. Ah, uh, yes, a reference to Fantastic Mr. Fox Minute. Nice. Sorry, the way you said they say just made me think of Mr. Fox. That was our last movie, Jonathan. Yes, which I did not see that one. So it's okay. I'm, I'm maybe I'm too old for that one. I don't know. It's a good no. It's a Wes Anderson. You need to be older <laughs> to get it. <laughs> No, kid, the thing we found, Condor, is that kids really love Fantastic Mr. Fox, too. Yes. That, that is true. My daughter, uh, we have three kids, and my middle daughter, or my, let's see, middle kid, first daughter, that whole thing, <laughs> she, uh, she, she did like that movie. Um, and actually, yeah. just this morning, I happened to look at our bookshelf, because we've somewhat recently uh, rearranged and cleaned out the kids' rooms, and so our bookshelf looks different, because there's different books there. And I just realized how much Roald Dahl stuff that we had, excellent, all in a, all in a row, and that's all from her. So Roald she's seen Dahl's it, and she amazing. likes it, and I just haven't okay. seen it. Okay, well, yeah, if you ever get the the the, the eighty seven minutes, it's not it's it's not a bad way to spend your time. It's a good one. I'll look forward to it. So they say. So they say. Well, that's that's this idea, and we'll we'll kind of I guess we'll come around to it later. But a lot of it's Penny kind of saying like, so they say that like. Captain Hammer's a good guy and like that I should be happy that I'm ending up with him but she's kind of having these doubts because she's waiting for Billy to come eat frozen ro- yogurt with her in the laundromat it, and it, it, it becomes very interesting in this way do you guys I guess we should just talk about this idea while we're on it I was just going to say Penny's got another cliche um, I, I'm under the impression that Penny is a one dimensional character and has no depth to her and is solely provided by cliche, in which her one of her few lines in this song is an intense cliche, and that's supposed to be her emotional grounding, like emotional center point of the song is she's uh, after years of stormy sailing, she's finally found the bay, and it's just but another it's not cliche, though, Condor, so. because she's she's saying that in the the like the most doubtful way possible, like it's. But that's still how she can. That's her only means of describing her <laughs> with, feelings is through a cliche. With, through, I guess, like an analogy, but it's not. She's saying like, "Oh, like I'm supposed to feel happy right now." Like this idea is like, "Oh, I've, I've made it through, and I've, I've found the right guy." But I don't feel like it's the right guy. This is one of the actual, actually, most emotionally complex parts of her whole character. It's one of those things that, like, for there really only to be one female in this 
web series that has any in major speaking moments and is supposed to have emotional depth for her still emotional conveyance to be said through cliches. Well, it's, it's this idea that like in, in kind of incongruence with this idea of, so they say that like they, like people say things like that. People say cliches and she's not buying into them. I think she, I don't think she is a one dimensional character, but maybe she used to be. And she's kind of breaking past that, so she doesn't know how else to speak. That that would be interesting. Yeah, Condra. In general, I don't. I like. I don't disagree that like there is a there is a lack of attention to Penny's character. I, I agree that there could be more, but I think there are moments when when she's when she's well done, and I think this is one of them. No, it definitely. There's a moment here. It's just in passing with all these things and to be juxtaposed with her other speaking moment in this song, which is about Captain Hammer. And Captain Hammer's other speaking moment is objectification yeah. of Penny. Penny's still batting low. Like, oh, still I mean, want she's, more from her. I mean, she's really with, with the wrong guy. And the guy that she wants is, even though we like him, he's still kind of the wrong guy. He's <laughs> definitely the wrong guy. So, Yeah. She's stuck between a bad and a worse place, I guess. <laughs> uh, so yeah, and I guess kind of dropping back, we we get to the uh, the groupies. They they're singing about. Uh, so they say, Captain Hammer. Uh, I, I don't. What's the line? Which, I guess uh, I guess one? the first one the or the second one. I don't <laughs> I don't really remember where we are in the song. We're <laughs> everywhere in the song. We are everywhere. But they're okay, so um, let's just I guess we can just describe them. They're Captain Hammer groupies, so they have like t shirts with his face on them and they're like so they're supposed to be like very like nerdy, like like oh like we're obsessed with Captain Hammer. They wanna uh the joke with uh They're the creepy yeah, fan. The, girls. The, the joke with Stacy Shirk is that uh she ha- she always has like a different like thing of Captain Hammer's, so she has a lot like a lock of his hair. His dried cleaning bill. He fir- What's the first one? And he he signed. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, signed photograph. photograph. So yeah, it's very it, it's very like adorable. It turns from pretty innocent to like, whoa, this is really creepy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really funny. quickly. And plus their insertion in uh, Captain Hammer's bit when he's singing about sleeping with oh, Penny. Yeah, I, we, I mean we can talk about that. So he says. Um, I, I just might get to sleep with the same girl twice. They say it's better the second time. They say you get to do the weird stuff. And then groupies pop in in the background and say, we do the weird stuff. And Captain Hammer's face right there is like, huh? Disgust. <laughs> Horror. Which, which is funny because he's he's looking forward to the weird stuff, but he's weirded out by them. So it's, I don't I don't think Captain Horror, uh, Captain Horror, uh, Captain Hammer knows what he's even talking about. I don't think he even has a clue what the weird stuff might be. He's just intrigued by the weird stuff. Yeah, and this is something we've talked about with past guests is like all the characters are kind of like they have like middle school emotional intelligences where they like they don't even they like they'd hardly know what sex is. <laughs> um and I think something that's awesome about this song overall is that uh with the, like the wide variety of cast members singing, you get a lot of really fun harmonies. So especially with the groupies, mm-hmm. um they they kind of like they they get some fun moments and uh, the, the newscasters come in um, and they have their, their kind of line about it's a perfect story so they say a hero leading the way and then uh, the of course the uh, punchline with the rhyme is that uh, 
the the male newscaster gets to say the line, uh, next up, who's gay? And this was one of, like, when we started getting into this musical web series, it was just around the time that Neil Patrick Harris had come out. And I was like, was that intentional? Is this <laughs> yeah, real? I, I was curious because it's, it's, yeah, it's there for a joke. But the very next scene, we don't actually see Neil Patrick's hair. Oh, we sorry, NPH's face. We just see his hands. He's just doing some sciency stuff, you know. But there's just you know, it's a little. Is it is it intentional that he says that, and then the very next scene, the very next hands that we see, anyway. Actually, I don't know if they're actually NPH's, but <laughs> yeah, it could just character. be a second unit random well, actor's hands. Okay, so he came out in 2006. I just clarified it again because I knew yeah. it was so it's pre. Doctor Horrible, so it very well could have been. I like, mean, a yeah, call I to mean, him. I guess the the idea is that like they're shooting that scene and like behind the camera, NPH is saying like me, it was me, <laughs> <laughs> uh, like like Justin Timberlake in Pop Star Never Stop Never Stopping is the the okay yeah. Good. <laughs> I got you, Ty. It also it's it, I've always that joke has always been funny to me because. You're you're getting these newscasters who already we've already been tr- introduced them at the very beginning of this song, and they're already we can already tell that they're a little bit off, and then we see this part, and they you know they're talking about oh a, a hero that's leading the, like they're getting more into the reality of it like oh that would be good a hero that is more than just punching bad guys so that they're actually trying to yeah. fix the world, and then they just turn it on a dime and they're like okay that story's done next story. Who's gay? Yeah, so it, we get kind of introduced to their vapidity at first, and then the punchline isn't, oh, we said the word gay. Isn't it funny that gay people exist? It's that these newscasters are so only interested in just, like, saying celebrities are gay or, like, finding, like, gossiping. Yeah. So that's that's not a that's not as awful of a, of a joke as it could have been back in 2008. I mean, it's still not a great joke, and it's still that objectification and issue with folks focusing on one dimension of a person instead of looking at the intersection of their Yeah, but it's punching being. at the people no. who do that and not... Yes. No, that right. is a good... Yeah, no, it's a good thing, but also, like, it's embedded in something that is inherently yeah. not good. And for those that don't see it in that way, they're just like, oh, like, funny line. Like, it's just kind of like a funny point in the song. And aren't gay people funny? Like, no, that's not the point of this line. Yeah. A possibility of misconstruing. Yeah. Well, see, to me, that just puts them firmly in the Captain Hammer camp. Yeah. Is that Captain, you know, as as you've already kind of mentioned about the, the uh, homeless joke that he does later, uh, there's nothing beyond one-dimensional thinking about who people are and how people are. Like, it's funny because they are, the newscasters are part of the they, you know, the so they say. Mm-hmm. But they're doing it too. They're just, it's just, it's all passing around yeah. to everybody. Well, it's, it's, I think it's just what makes this, this song so interesting is that, as you said earlier, Jonathan, it's like, it introduces us to the broader world and the broader world is almost as toxic as the, the characters themselves. Yep. Is LA really like this? Oh, LA is ten times worse, probably. <laughs> hey, speaking of speaking of characters being gay, how about that uh, pink pummeler and moist? I ship them. <laughs> Whose bedroom is that? Pink. It's the pink pummeler. Yeah, that's what I was. It's got to be the pink pummeler's. Oh bedroom. yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, I guess it would have to be because otherwise that would be Moist calling from his own room trying to call Doctor Horrible, who would just be right next door. But yeah, so it would it would it would have to not be Moist's room, I guess. Yeah, I don't know if we ever came down on the idea that Moist and Doctor Horrible are roommates, but they might be. They could be. Oh, oh, you don't. You think there's a chance they're not? I thought they absolutely were. Oh, I, I thought the implication was that like Moist does some like part-time henching for Doctor Horrible. Yeah. Oh. Mm. Could he afford a hench at that point? Yeah, it was not. Or I mean, does, he's trying does... to make himself seem ELE material. So yeah, it's not really clear how the henchman's u- union works. Sure. Yeah. Can you? Can you? Uh, oh, especially if you're part of a union, you probably can't like hench on the side or something. Yeah. Who like, knows? Hench, hench for free, kind of a little favor kind of thing well the other question it's is probably a, a minimum i i love i love this union specific humor <laughs> the, <laughs> the other question is is the pink the pink pummeler is more of a hero name than a villain name right i don't know is this a because he could torrid affair i think like wrestling like i feel like wrestle i feel like there's a wrestler that uses the name pummeler i'm, I'm sure there is I guess if we're talking like classic, classic heroes, like, you know, 50s comics or, or whatever, you know, there's the whole thing about. Well, if it was the 50s, it wouldn't be a gay superhero. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh, but the, you know, like the like uh, Superman, you know, it's like the primary colors. You've got the yellow, the red, the blue, and the villains are always like the purples and the maybe the pinks. Interesting. So. Yeah, I never thought about the, the color scheme aspect of it. Same with Spider-Man, I guess. Yeah. Oh, well, Batman's just black, though, so. Yeah, a little bit of yellow in there sometimes. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm a big fan of this shot of, like, the, the pink pummeler bedroom when Moist is trying to call Dr. Horrible. He's like, he still isn't answering. It just sets up this idea that, like, well, it, it's it, it's just one, one of these, like, perfect, silly throwaway shots that you're like, whoa, there's way more going on here than I was expecting. <laughs> but also this idea that Moist is, like, concerned for Dr. Horrible and that there's, like, there's there's problems going on. What do you think he's is he just trying to get a hold of him, just like friend to friend, or or is is there something going on in the world? Or I mean, Captain Hammer, he's not doing anything. He's just getting ready for. He I don't even know if he knows what he's getting ready for with this whole. <laughs> well, they're making a statue of him. Oh, that's true. He probably knows all about that. <laughs> My theory was that well, that I just came up with based on your roommate theory is that if Moist and Dr. Horrible are roommates, maybe Dr. Horrible locked Moist out, so he's been crashing with the pink pummeler. Oh. oh that could be it. I'm clever, guys. I don't know if you know this. Mm. <laughs> maybe he he may, maybe he locked him out so that he could convert his room into the second room of his evil lair. Uh, yeah, I hate it when that happens. It's like, I need, I need more room. you got to get out. <laughs> it's like when a parents change the, the, their college kids room into like a like a gym or something yep i know all about that that's why we recently moved our kids around because uh our son went to college and so our two daughters got to they used to share a room now they got to split up and oh, each have their own nice room now. yeah it's exciting we love college he was all about it though my wife was like should we save the bed or say you know he's like nope i don't care i'll sleep <laughs> on the couch when i come back nice were, were you were you sad i know that's a difficult day for parents I, I she is sad i guess i'll say that much for her uh i guess it's it's part of it's progress it's part of life maybe i'm just the classic dad as far as that goes like he's he's making his own way <laughs> way to go boy you know he's making his way downtown walking fast that's what i say <laughs> it's homebound well i guess not homebound unless college is his new home 
in a very Harry Potter kind of way. Yeah. Well, he's actually staying at my parents' house <laughs> at college. So, oh, that's pretty cool. So he's not outside the family, really. So he's not making his he's not making his own way. He's got to go his own way. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, so <laughs> any other random stuff horrible. in here that we are, uh, or that we kind of pass by? I think I think the uh, the stuff. Oh, we the. the the first penny Captain Hammer thing. It's it's very quick and simple, but I just love the uh, thanks to you. And then they do their little spin, and he goes, "No, thanks to me." <laughs> so it's, yeah. it's it's weird because it's like a it's a visual gag as well because it's because they actually switch places, and so it, it's just the whole thing. Like I don't think he's confused, but I think we can get confused because she's talking to him, and it's going the one way. And then they turn around, and then he turns it back around, but it's still going to him. It's it's I, just funny. I think funny. it encapsulates his self-centeredness, that he's yeah. like, yeah, she can't even be the focus of this shot. I have to be the focus of this shot, and yeah, it is thanks to me. That, yeah, that's yeah. that's a good that's a good point, Conrad. The 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 choreography reflects the character motivations. Uh, that's the sort of thing I like to see. Although the uh, the lighting in that that shot is just terrible. And there's a lady hanging out behind Captain Hammer, and even as much move, like they they're even with the switch, they're moving and stuff. You don't even see her until the very end of the shot when her arm like sticks out behind him or something. <laughs> it's like how did how did she hide behind her the whole time? Yeah, I, I, I the the line "thanks to me" is just also just very like well said by Nathan Fillion. It's fun to quote. Mm-hmm. Like thanks to me, he's got a he's very fun to quote through this whole thing. Yeah, he's delightful that Nathan Fillion. <laughs> And so, yeah, I I guess the only other thing to mention is this kind of uh, this parallel thing between Penny and Dr. Horrible where they're both singing. So it's kind of this similar to uh, uh, My Eyes where it's kind of a split screen. Penny says uh, there's a happy ending, but Dr. Horrible says there's no happy ending. So they say and then obviously uh, Dr. Horrible's really just gut-wrenching line is not for me anyway and i was like damn like <laughs> that's one of those lines that gets you over dramatic <laughs> i think but that like gets to him being like dr- inherently like dramatic and like over the top like you know how killing's not his style it's not classy like not for me it's very it's very hamlet <laughs> or I guess I guess what I was gonna say, and we like we don't have to get into it fully, but it's this incel idea of like people like me don't do that. Well, like, well, who said you're a person like that? You can be someone else. Make change in your life. Be the you you want to be. Live your truth. Who who would he want to be? I think he wants to be Billy. <laughs> I think you're right. I don't. I don't. When do we actually see that though? Like the just the last two seconds of this entire thing, or does that? <laughs> Peek well, out he any other hints time. to it earlier, and I don't. So this is something I picked up on a few sections ago. Was when he's talking about the layering of Captain Hammer and how there's a third, <laughs> even deeper layer that's the same as the surface layer. I think he's referring, like he doesn't realize it, but he's actually talking about himself and how he might be Billy and then Doctor Horrible, but he's actually Billy underneath. Oh, yeah, I think that's definitely there. And then, I mean, you see that at the beginning with him evil laughing, and it's not, it's the showmanship of evil laughing. It's having standards. It's not, it's not about taking, it's not about making money. It's about taking it. It's just, it's all, there's, it's, it's all posture. It's all performative. Yeah. yeah. 
there aren't any stakes until the end of this song. Mm. Stakes are real now. I do like stakes. There's a death ray. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's a that's a great point. Uh, the the the, uh, the idea that he changes his freeze ray into no, not the freeze ray, his um stun ray. What was it? It's yeah, a, it says stun it says ray, stun. but it's probably his freeze ray. Well, no, because he uses the freeze ray in an attempt. What later on when he freezes Captain Hammer before he mm-hmm. does death rays it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the, I the, but I like this idea of like the, literally raising the stakes from stun ray to death ray with that little piece of tape shot. That's a, just Kind of just a silly shot, but pretty fun. Well, I mean, you can't, you can't make a death ray and still call it a stun ray. Well, that'd be pretty. Uh, that that would be the more evil thing to do. Oh, that's. True. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the. Uh, you know, wait. Uh, is is it fair to talk about something else real quick? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, in re- tangents, in regards please. to that. In regards to that tape, like, like I like the pacing of this. I wouldn't want to mess with that. But like later on. That would be interesting to have that tape like fall off. So that's why Captain Hammer doesn't, you know, doesn't think that the gun's that big of a deal or something. I don't know. So he just thinks it's a stun ray, not a death ray. Well, I guess the idea that Captain Hammer was willing to use the death ray on Doctor Horrible is r- revealing about his character too. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. But I do want to say, so they have this receipt for his uh, Captain Hammer's a four sweater vest. You think he he actually wears sweater vests? So does Captain Hammer actually have another layer that's not as cheesy? Maybe he wears yeah, sweater vest. Yeah, yeah. Well, he wears the he wears the under layer, which is kind of his like collared shirt, and then he wears the sweater vest over that. So I, yeah, he has at least two layers on. All right, <laughs> but not three layers like with pie. <laughs> no. Um, well, there's a joke in um, commentary of the musical where Steve sings uh, about how he th- he thinks six vests sounds better for the song, and. <laughs> And the idea that, like, the number of sweater vests that Captain Hammer has is, like, somehow indicative of something about his character. Well, it, it's definitely, uh, you get the S sound in there with all three words, I guess. Yeah. And that's that's the joke in commentary, because uh, Steve has a little bit of a lisp, but... Oh, okay. okay. I see. <laughs> and now I was just thinking about um, what uh, something we haven't talked about yet, and maybe this can kind of be our kind of outro conversation before we fit, wrap up, is... um. What is Captain Hammer's alter ego? Does he have one? That does he? No. Well, can... no, because he walked in the laundromat with. I mean, I, I guess that could be just part of his. I'm Captain Hammer now, but. Well, I'm just. Yeah, I'm, I think he wears. I'm it. picturing Captain Hammer kind of Clark Kenting it up with like the glasses and the the sweater vest on, and like where does he work? Like, what does he do outside of being Captain Hammer? But if these groupies know it's Captain Hammer's sweater vests. Then oh yeah, that's a big deal. <laughs> yeah, like it, he's Captain Hammer all the time. <laughs> okay. What if what if he did try to Clark Kent it, but he just wasn't very good at it, <laughs> and he didn't really he doesn't really care that he's not that good at it, and everybody knows it's him anyway. So, but he's just playing the part. I like the idea of it. Like he works at the newspaper, and he's like, "What about the story about Captain Hammer?" And the the editor's like, "Yeah, yeah, Mike, why don't you go do that story about Captain Hammer? I think that sounds really good." Oh, Mike, that that fits perfect. <laughs> I feel like he's a Chad. Well, he he's a Chad, <laughs> but his name could be Mike. Well, wait, what what's his like? What's his like last name that like vaguely sounds like Hammer, but like isn't? Like like is it like Mike hmm. Duhamel or something? And <laughs> and he's like, oh yeah, Mike Hammer Duhamel. Or maybe it's like a a different kind of a hammer, like Mike Balpin or something. You know, just <laughs> like this. 
something like what obviously is why would you never mind it's fine <laughs> so yeah so they say that uh this this tv show is pretty good <laughs> this this tv show yeah this dr horrible sing-along blog it's pretty good they do say it's pretty good now what is i know they originally released this for free and i know that i did pay for this dvd that i have in my hands as we speak mm-hmm. but what what, is, what was their their plan because i think this thing is is pretty well beloved but like do they make money off of this somehow so, more than people well, buying does. dvds <laughs> yeah i mean so their original intention was so this was written and created during the writer's strike mm-hmm. and they wanted to see if they could do this on the internet like do their tv stuff on the internet and see if they could release it to audiences in that way and i mean you still have advertisers and that kind of stuff through video content and itunes was happening at that time tyler and i's first copy of it was on itunes we we bought the three parts as three episodes through itunes well, i think we and... saw it on netflix instant first yeah when when they finally started streaming netflix but we eventually got the itunes and i mean they eventually came out with discs they had more it was advertised it was very self-motivated like joss just kind of wanted to do this so i don't know if money was always necessarily an intention other than like making something different yeah i think it's more the experimental like what could like it would this upset the market like would it do something and now 11 years later like i guess yeah you can still buy a blu-ray of it but it's available for free to stream on vimeo um so what is what are people actually doing about it yeah i mean i guess i don't industry wise i'm not sure how this all fit in but i mean obviously now 2019 we've got streaming services all over the place and it was at least a proof of concept anyway yeah well which streaming service is going to pick up dr horrible and that will be their next weapon in the streaming war (laughs) <laughs> well, if they, yeah, Dr. Horrible 2, I'm sure there'll be, uh, you know, Disney Plus and Netflix will be fighting for that one. Well, no, I just saw something the other day. Something came out, like some article came out, like, this thing was the end for Dr. Horrible 2 or whatever. I was like, gosh, calm down. <laughs> so they say. So they say. Yeah, so they say. Yeah. I mean, I'm fine if they don't do a Dr. Horrible 2. It'd be fun if this this was fun. But if they don't, I'm I'm totally fine with something I like just standing on its own. That being just said, do do something else. <laughs> I I agree. Uh, I that being said, like this is indie enough that like doing it again would would still be being an original being original to an extent. I think, and I think there's something to be said for how ahead of its time that uh, the original Doctor Horrible was. That trying to make something innovative with the, the new one. That's tr- that's like looking forward and or a, a, a sort of meta commentary on all of the superhero things that have happened in between when the when the first one came out would be interesting. I don't like I don't think it would necessarily have a 100 percent chance of being great. I think it as all things like it wouldn't necessarily work, but there's potential. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think they could do a good job. But I wonder if it'd be better in a different format, like a comic book or. There have Something been comic like books, that. I think. Yeah. I think they did. They did some spinoff comic books at one point, but I, I do like the well. I do like the idea of it being like an even more innovative format. Oh, it just came out in June. Interesting. June of 2019, the comic just came out. I think I think some came out closer to when the 
original show came out too, but I'm not sure. But yeah, I like the idea of like them trying to find out an, a new way to like really break new ground in terms of the format and not just the content, because that's really what Dr. Horrible is, is exploring a new medium. Maybe it'll be a, a choose your own adventure. Do like you creepily stalk the girl or just sit at home and be a normal person? <laughs> you know, there's lots of stalking happening throughout this by lots of people. None of it's okay. I do think it would be interesting to catch up with Captain Hammer 11 years later because he lo- he loses his powers or something to an extent. Maybe there's some- I think that would be almost be more interesting than Dr. Horrible. He loses his ego is what he loses. Yeah, but imagine him 11 years later. Like what like what what where is his life at? Maybe someone <gasps> He's Peter B Parker. Yeah, something like that. Peter Burrito Parker. <laughs> I love that that's his name. That's how they like differentiated them. They're like, "Yes, this is Burrito Parker." And I'm like, "Okay." <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's that's about it. Uh Jonathan, any other last last comments on this song or this show or um how delightful it's been to be here no just kidding you don't have to uh, well i guess if, if you're gonna hold a death ray to my head i'll, I'll say that it's great to be on the show Hi, Laura. <laughs> no death um, ray. it's again. just a stun ray i swear <laughs> oh that, that tape fell off sorry oh, sorry uh I do like this. I realize that there are there are bigger fans. There's always a bigger fan uh, uh, yes, these that, days, especially that classic Qui Gon um, Jin quote. <laughs> yes, I you know I I don't go to well, I do go to comic cons, but I don't dress up and stuff. That's just not something I've done in my life. But I do enjoy this, and I think the fact that I typically don't enjoy musicals on a general scale. There are musicals that I like. But this one I like. It's it's probably because it's short that helps too. But I like it from beginning to end. I like all of the songs. Even trying to think, even musicals that I do like, there's there's always like that one song. I'm like, yeah, I could skip that one. But yeah. not in this. I like this beginning to end. I like it. I could sing along with it. I could you know remember it while I'm driving in my car. It's uh, it is delightful and. Like what? We're over ten years later since it was released, and it's still something I enjoy watching. So, yeah. Have you shown I, this to your kids? Um, I don't know. They would be okay watching it now, but when it came out, the kids were all younger. Oh, so, yeah. you know, now that this is uh, not, uh, a little pun, I guess. Now that this is horrible, but um, oh, you know, there's a there's just a few things in there that it's like, well, you know, whatever. That might be kind of awkward for the five year old to be quoting Captain Hammer quotes and stuff like that uh they're kind of weird too they're like younger kids and you know like hey we think this is funny and they're like yeah mom and dad whatever uh, so sometimes they could, could do, like do subtly show it to them just like have yeah. it playing in the background and be like i'm gonna yeah, just were, leave the room now they were kind of over my shoulder when i was looking at this for you know for reviewing for today but uh maybe we'll sit down from beginning to end oh, see what yeah. they think about it family night family movie night but it's yeah. only 45 minutes long. <laughs> yeah. All right, family, that's it. No more time. <laughs> they'll all just be, like, scarred. Be like, uh, what, what did we just watch? And then you'll be like, oh, wasn't that great? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's probably part of it, too. When they were younger and we would show them, like, sad movies, like Where the Wild Things Are, There's it kind of ends on a sad note or something. Yeah. And they were younger and all three of them were crying and 
they were like, this is the worst movie ever because they, <laughs> they didn't like being sad. Like, so no, maybe it's that was good. It's just we, sad. We There's haven't. a difference. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, so that might have been why we put some of it off too. Ah, one day I'm going to be a parent and I'm going to show my kids all these ridiculous movies and I'm just going to be so mean. <laughs> it's going to be great. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Am I going to have to, like, take them and be like, come to your cool aunt. I'm not weird like your father. <laughs> Yep. But weren't you on a podcast talking about No, no, that, that wasn't me. That was someone else. <laughs> no, I talked about cool movies like High School Musical. I'll be like, kids, don't you want to watch Window Water Baby Moving? No. <laughs> I don't, uh, I've never even heard of that before. Uh, that those, is a, those words uh, go together? That is an experimental 60s film um, where um, uh, Stan Brackage, a uh, brilliant experimental filmmaker in the 60s, um, uh, shot uh, footage of his wife giving birth. So, yeah. I've got three kids, and I don't. I don't need to see someone else's footage of that. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, my film professor just really loves that filmmaker, so I've seen a bunch of his works. Not all of them are necessarily people giving birth. <laughs> That's uh, good. Anyway, uh, spreading out. Spe- speaking of more uh, polite things to talk about, uh, hey, Jonathan, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> thanks. It was the. It was a delight. Aw, thank you. Um, it's always nice. It's always nice, even if even if it's just for reviewing something that you already like but uh no it's it's fun to talk about and hopefully people like to listen to people have fun talking about it yeah it's weird i mean like we don't have any listeners but theoretically they would have fun yeah (laughs) so they say (laughs) uh who knows tyler we haven't released any of these yet maybe this is actually popular yeah maybe this will maybe this will blow up and we'll be like oh yeah like sorry (laughs) we should have uh planned this better (laughs) Uh, you'll you'll probably release it and then just unknowingly that Dr. Horrible 2 will be coming out the same week and it'll just be like yep. everything Dr. Horrible related. Yep. Or uh, right now uh, Disney Plus is putting all of their um, advertising money into getting to people to watch High School Musical the series and we're like man if we were releasing High School Musical Minute right now we'd be uh, doing well. Yeah. There you go. Anyway. Uh, we're having fun doing this. Yeah. This is our. This is Where our... can people find you on the internet Jonathan? They can go to, well, I, I did a podcast called The Princess Bride Minute that is completed, that's been completed for a while, and it's great because Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. It is, it's nice being done. And then I started a second one called UHF 62nd, <laughs> and, uh, and, and that is fun also, but we are taking our time, and we've released some episodes, taking a break. Uh, I'm not sure when this is going to release, but there's possible that we'll be taking a second break by the time this comes out. So who knows? But we're having fun with it, and we're trying to make ourselves have fun with it and not let it be a chore. So well, that's how, why how, we're doing what we're doing. I mean, what could be more of a chore than a Weird Al movie? I can't think of anything more cumbersome. Is that a slight, or are you just joking around? That was sarcasm, yes. Oh, right, because... Uh, I think I think we're about to uh, sit down and record with some people that have some things to say about it, and so I'm, oh. I'm getting I'm getting defensive and getting ready. So <laughs> no, you're you're talking to Condra and I, who have seen Weird Al in concert at least six times, maybe seven. Whoa, that's more than me. <laughs> we yeah, we're not sure how many times we've seen him because we were too young the first couple times. No, oh, okay. No, I, I could probably count if I wanted to. Well, Poodle Hat was the first one. Yeah, so the, that was the first tour we saw. I just don't know how many times we saw for um, White and Nerdy Tour. We don't need to get into this now. Anyway. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we like Weird Al. We, we would defend him too for you. 
Yeah. Well, great. So UHF 62nd, that's spelled UHF 62ND. It's a little play on how the words sound, but. Worky. <laughs> Condor, what about us? Where can people find us? On the Twitter at Amateur Nerds. And they can also find you on the Twitter. Yes, I'm at Tyler Booty, T Y L E R B O U D Y. And yeah, check out Evil Podcast of Evil, Fantastic Mr. Fox Minute, our upcoming high school musical project, which will be Wildcat Minute. And yeah, we'll see you next time uh, on on the Evil Podcast of Evil. Uh, Till then, I've been Tyler Boudreau, the podcast king of Chicago. I've been Condra, queen of the night. And I've been Jonathan Carlyle, the overthinker. Whoa. Cool. So good. All right. Um, in the words of other people, keep it evil. <laughs> okay.